The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. From Hollywood, the Hollywood Radio Theater. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Don Wilson. Tonight, we're presenting a story that has long been a favorite of audiences all over America. It is, in fact, a peculiarly American story, and yet its theme of an inspired man ever seeking new challenges, new fields to conquer, is universal and timeless. We're privileged to bring you Hartzell Spence's unforgettable drama, One Foot in Heaven, starring Mr. Dana Andrews. Palm Sunday, Father facing a church full to the rafters was delivering one of the finest sermons of his life. And now his gradually rising crescendo told me the climax was near at hand. Clear. There is no dark, hidden mystery here, my friends, for the skies are alight with this truth. And we remember well those words spoken on that first Palm Sunday so many centuries ago. The words of our text today. While ye have light, Believe in the light, that ye may be children of light. Believe, that is the word of this day. Believe. For the first time in my memory, Father broke off abruptly at the very high point of his sermon. Mr. Guthrie, chief usher of the church, had come up to him on the platform and whispered something in Father's ear. Father merely nodded and went on. Believing, we are Christians in the truest sense of that word. We are servers, workers for his church and for his faith, unselfish, untiring, and devoted to the last full measure of devotion. Let us pray. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. Amen. Brother Kendall will lead you in the closing hymn. Oh, uh, in case any of you may be worried that the house on fire is yours, it is not. It's mine. Evening services at seven. <laughs> that was my father, pious but practical, always managing somehow to keep a miraculous balance as he lived out the precarious existence of all ministers, with one foot on earth and one foot in heaven.
Father hadn't planned to be a preacher at all. He'd planned to be a doctor. But in 1904, when he was 29, something happened. Something sudden and drastic. And Father himself was certainly not the only one affected as a result. In a certain house in the town of Stratford, Ontario, on a certain June morning of that year... Hello, Will. Good morning, Hope, my dear. Oh, come in, Will. I'll take your hat and your umbrella. Thank you. Well, you look very elegant in your new suit, Will. And that wing collar. Is that what doctors are wearing in Toronto now? Oh, Hope, I, I must talk to you. Oh? At once. All right. Can we uh, sit down? My dear, before I asked you to marry me, I tried to be very frank as to what it would mean. I know. I tried to make you realize the many problems of being the wife of a doctor. Loneliness, having so little part in what I'd be doing and all the rest of it. But I said I didn't mind, Will, and I still don't. Uh, Hope, I, I'm afraid I have a, a shock for you. Oh. All right, Will. Whatever it is, please tell me. Do you know why I gave up teaching and studied medicine these last four years? Well, because... Because I felt I could be of greater service as a doctor than as a teacher. And you will. You'll be a fine doctor. Hope, have you ever heard of Bishop William Hartzell? I, I think I've heard the name. In all Canada, my dear, there's no more eloquent crusader for the Lord. He's a great man, Hope. He's a modern Paul among the Philistines. Well, I'm sure he is, if you say so. Well, this last month, Bishop Hartzell has been conducting a revival in Toronto. Oh? You should have seen it. Night after night, scores of new converts. Hundreds of men and women finding new hope and new purpose in their lives. Will, what on earth? There is true service hope, far more important than ministry to the body. There is ministry to the soul. Will! Yes? What are you trying to tell me? Hope, I've entered the ministry. I'm going to be a preacher. Oh, is that all? All? Oh, I mean... Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad, Will. Uh, are, are you sure? The, the bishop said that I must warn you. He said to tell you that while a doctor's wife spends half her life being alone, a preacher's wife never has five minutes alone as long as she lives. Oh, that doesn't matter. It'll mean teaching in Sunday school, working in ladies' aid, running the parsonage... And it'll mean... Yeah, that's another thing. It'll mean leaving Canada. For where? Well, there are no parish vacancies now in Canada. There is one. Northern Iowa. Iowa? We're going to be Yankees? I told you it meant great sacrifice, Hope. Iowa? Well, I've heard Father say Iowa's full of rascals and cattle thieves. Well, if it is, they have all the more need of a preacher. Well, Hope... What's your answer? You really think you have to ask? As a minister, surely you remember what Ruth said to Boaz. Your people shall be my people, your land, my land. <laughs> your quotation is inaccurate, my dear. And she said it to Naomi, not to Boaz. Oh. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> Just so you've said it to me. Oh, Will. <laughs> Tell you the truth, I'm relieved. I'll need you now more than ever. I'll need you. Well... Why more than before? Well, I tend to be proud, vain, and to, well, to insist upon having my own way. I know all that. Someone, someone who loves me must help me to control those faults. 
And that's why you're marrying Yes. Me? Oh, no, of course not. That's not the only reason. Well, you haven't mentioned any other in a long time. Hope, this work is really what I've been seeking all my life. But it may not always be easy, and I'll have little to give you in worldly things. Still, I don't think you'll ever be sorry, and... Hope, you're crying. Oh, darling, don't you know that every girl prays that someday a man, her man, will say to her what you've just said? You know what you want in life, and you need me to help you accomplish it. Iowa, oh, Will, of course I'll go with you. To Iowa, to the mountains of the moon. But you're, you're still crying, Hope, if you're happy oh, about Will, it. I, why... Is there anything in church discipline that prevents a new minister from kissing the girl he's going to marry? Here. Here is your answer. I, I guess there isn't. And I'm glad. I'm very, very glad, Parson Spence. It had been planned that Father should spend the first six months in his new parish alone and then return for the wedding. But after three months, he could stand the separation no longer. So it was that a train nearing the little town of Laketon, Iowa, on a winter's day in 1904, bore two very special passengers, the Reverend and Mrs. William H. Spence. Are you sure you have them straight, dear? Oh, I hope so. Well, I'll go over it one last time. Mr. McCreary, who will probably meet us, is church treasurer. Mrs. Sharples is Sunday school superintendent. Mrs. Reynolds is head of ladies' aid. Mrs. McClinic is parsonage committee. Mrs. Farrell oh, is... Oh, Will, not again. I think I know them now. You know, we're doing this exactly the right way, Hope. If I'd told them I was going to be married when I left Monday, the whole congregation would have spent all week preparing for our return. As it is, just a few hours' notice by telegram. Well, it'll be much simpler. I still wonder if we shouldn't have given them a day or so notice. So that a horde of women would have descended upon the parsonage and all but taken over the place? Uh -huh. As it is, we can open it ourselves. Open it? Oh, didn't I tell you? Oh. It's been closed up for two years. Reverend Davis, the last minister here, was a bachelor. Oh. Will, what's the parsonage like? I've never seen inside it. From the outside, it looks, well, old, but uh, distinguished. How old? Oh, you'll love it, my dear. And remember that in those walls you'll be doing noble work. You'll be part of a labor of tireless, unselfish service. There you will be not a lily of the field, but a worker in the sacred vineyards. Will! You'll... Yes? I'm your wife, darling, not your congregation. And besides, I'm already converted, remember? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> remember to keep reminding me, will you? Clayton! Laketon? We're here. Are we? Oh, yes. Oh, but Will, where's the town? Well, that is the town. Oh, I see. I'll carry the bags out to the platform. Hurry up. It was most kind of you to meet us, Mr. McCreary. Oh, not at all, Parson Spence. Not at all. Will has told me how busy you are with your uh, feed business. Right, right, Hope. And also how hard you worked as church treasurer. Uh, 
But he didn't tell me you drove the finest pair of matched bays I've ever seen. Oh, oh not bad, are they? No. <laughs> Up there, Damon. Oh, yes. Well, I see that you've a good eye for horse flesh, Mrs. Spence. And, and, and looking at this husband of yours, I'd say you had a good eye for man flesh, too. <laughs> no offense, Mrs. Spence, but those things come to me and I, I can't resist them. I don't see how anyone could. Oh, that building there, that's the Carnegie Library. Oh, yes, I see. Will, that woman on the porch of that house, she's waving. Oh, good morning, Sister Williams. Good morning, Parson Spence. Good morning. Mrs. Williams. Missionary Society? Right, very good, my dear. <laughs> See Nora Williams' eyes popping out? You probably just heard about you bringing home a bride, Parson. News has been covering this town this morning like wildfire. <laughs> I'll bet she's been, she's been standing on her porch ever since she heard the train pull in. Just for the just for the first look at your missus driving by. Well, Mr. McCreary, the yeah? meeting of the church stewards Wednesday night. Well, we had it. I presided. Good meeting? Well, not bad. A little matter came up might interest you. Especially right now, a matter of the parson's salary. Now, um, certain party I can't name, a party who owns a pair of uh, matched bays, said he thought our parson deserved a raise. Oh, that's good of you, Mr. McCreary. Oh, no, I never said who it was. There were some other members disagreed. They said $350 a year was enough for any pastor, even Parson Spence. What was decided? Well, it was laid on the table. I promise you. Next meeting, it'll be put across. Not for any measly $20 raise, either. You'll get $385 a year, or my name's not McCreary. After all, this isn't 1880. This is 1904. You know, <laughs> starving preachers isn't too bad, but when we start starving their pretty young wives, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Be ready, Hope. We're almost there. Just around the corner. Maybe I should close my eyes. No, I don't think that's... No, it's too late now. Here we are. Oh, Damon. Oh, it is. Well, there it is. That's the parsonage. Oh. That does need a little paint, doesn't it? Oh, no, no. It, it, it's very quaint. Oh, it's that all right. Help you with the bags, Parsons? No, thank you. We'll be all right. Come along, my dear. Thank you again for meeting us, Mr. McCreary. Oh, the pleasure was mine, ma'am. Pleasure was mine. See you later, Parson. Yes, sir. Come on, Thank you. Come on. Hope, don't despair yet. It may be better inside. I didn't say a word. You didn't have to. See, I have the key here somewhere. Ah, oh, yes. Here it is. Oh, stuck. Rust. Very likely. Now it's coming. There you are. Now, go right in, Hope, dear. The door is open. Oh. You don't mind. It isn't too undignified? I'll show you how I mind. Here. Oh, Will. Uh. Now. Welcome, Mrs. Spence. Welcome home. Oh. Thank you, Will, darling. Well, now, little inspection tour. This, obviously, is the entrance hall. And this... Well, this would be the... The what? Parlor? 
with black curtains and a pew for a sofa? Maybe it's a waiting room for weddings. Or funerals. How about in here? Oh, <coughs> oh the dust. This must be the parlor. Oh, look. Horsehair sofa. Comfortable, too. Oh, well, don't sit on it. The legs... <laughs> Would you be good enough to help me up, my dear? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this room isn't too bad. With a new sofa, some different curtains, decent rug on oh, the floor. That picture down. Isn't it awful? Take it down now, Will. Will you please? All right. That's a frightening old buzzard. Wonder who he was. And that one, too. Wonder who she was. Undoubtedly one of the original Salem witches. Oh, Will, Will. There's newspaper pasted across the back of that frame. Yeah, faded, but still legible. General Zachary Taylor reports victory over Mexican forces at Veracruz, April 12th, 1854. Well, this picture's brand new. It was only put up there 50 years ago. <laughs> oh, it's <that. coughs> terrible. I'll open the window. The sash weight ropes. Rotten. Oh, Will, don't look like that. We're just both tired now, and it's all a shock. But I can fix this place with some fresh paint and those pictures down and some new bright curtains and that awful rug off the parlor floor. We'll do all of it over together, just to please ourselves. Who's there? Somebody at the back door. Oh, good morning. Oh, good heavens, you're starting me. Parson, you're here ahead of me. Oh, you can't be. Oh, Mrs. McClinic, may I present my wife? How do you do? How do you do? Oh, Parson Spence, you can't have done this to me. My dear, can you ever forgive us if my committee had just... Oh, it'll be back. all right, Mrs. McClintock. Will and I were just... Oh, we have everything planned to fix the place up. Oh, but, Mrs. McClintock, we didn't oh. want you... Phew, the dust in this place and the cobwebs. Just look at them. Oh, in here. Oh, her picture's fallen down. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that didn't fall down, Mrs. McClintock. We took it down. You... Oh, Parson, you didn't. Was there some reason we shouldn't? My dear... This parsonage was built for the first pastor of our church, Parson Nichols. And one thing never touched out his picture or those of the Mrs. Nicholses. And there were two Mrs. Nicholses? There were three. The third Mrs. Nichols, or rather her picture, her picture's upstairs in the small bedroom. The small one? Oh, a very hardy man, Parson Nichols, so they say. Buried all three of his wives. They died one after another right in this room, poor dears. So, naturally, their pictures never came down. I'll just put this one up again. Mrs. McClintock, uh, my wife had some ideas about we'll the house that I... Oh, she needn't have. My committee has every last detail planned. Now, those purple drapes in the parlor will be perfect once they're clean. And that lovely orange rug was made by hand by our sewing club. And then in this bedroom, we're going to put some exquisite magenta flowered wallpaper. It's all picked out. And upstairs... Uh, well, there's no point in my telling you. It would spoil the surprise, wouldn't it, dear? Yes, I suppose it would, Mrs. McClinton. Well, when my committee does a job, it does it. <laughs> well... I'll go back now and get them. We're going right to work. And you, my dear, I don't want you to turn your hand. Just rest and save your strength for the reception tonight. Reception? Tonight? Naturally. Everyone in the church wants to meet the blushing bride. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, goodbye, dear. And don't worry about a thing. It's all in our hands. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. McClintock. Hope. They have it all planned, even the purple drapes. Hope, I won't stand for it. 
I'll go right now and talk to Mrs. McClinic. I'll talk to the committee. I'll talk to the whole congregation. No, darling, you can't. You know you can't. We'll be all right. And after all, you warned me. But when you were getting a church, couldn't you just as easily have gotten it someplace a little easier? In China, for instance? The reception was held that night, and Mama survived it, as she was to survive hundreds of similar occasions in years to come. And Father was magnificent, proud of the beauty of his bride and of her skill in her new role. And so began the first of the adventures that were Father's many parishes in the years to come. In five years, many things had happened there in the town of Father's first ministry, including the birth of my sister, Eileen, and me. And the church had changed. Father had worked his own peculiar magic upon the congregation. Where once there had been empty seats on Sunday morning, now they were full and overflowing. And Father, restless for further challenge, was looking for new spiritual fields to conquer. And being Father, he found them. It is right, Hope. After all, my task is finished here in Laketon. Well, isn't it? Fort Dodge is the second largest parish in the district. And it's run down, Hope. There's work to be done there, a great deal of work. After all, it isn't as though the idea of going there originated with me. They asked for me. And it was their suggestion that they should ask the bishop to appoint me. Well, they did ask me how they might go about it, but the initiative was theirs. Hope. Yes, dear. Will you please not just sit there and knit? Will you either tell me you approve or don't approve? Oh, Will, darling. I learned a long time ago that you always conduct both sides of your own argument. And you always end by convincing yourself you're right. You think I'm wrong. I shouldn't have tried for the Fort Dodge Parish. Will, when you first told me you were called to the ministry, I didn't question your decision. Now, if you feel called to a new parish, I don't question that either. You'll do what you must do. That's true. Yes, Hope, you're right. I should go. It's my duty to accept this challenge. We'll do it. I'm glad you've decided, Will. Yes? Miss Spence, the first trunk's all packed, and I put that label that says Fort Dodge on it like you told me. Shall I pack the next one? What's that? Um, never mind, Opal. We'll discuss it later. You tend to the children now. Yes, ma'am. So, you're glad I decided. The first trunk is all packed. <laughs> Will, we'd both better start getting ready. After all, we can't be late to prayer meeting. And now, Act Two of One Foot in Heaven, starring Mr. Dana Andrews as Will Spence and Steve Forrest as Hartzell. Fort Dodge had many advantages, but one that affected us in the family especially had nothing to do with the church itself. This concerned the location of the parsonage. It was just down the block from the county courthouse, and the marriage license clerk was a Methodist. 
The result was a fortunate combination that often meant shoes for Eileen and me, but otherwise we might have gone to school barefoot. The operation involved cooperation of the entire family. What is it, Hart? It's a wedding couple. They just came out of the courthouse, and Mr. McAfee pointed them this way. Oh, let's see. Your father was going to the cobbler's 10 minutes, then to the hospital 40 minutes, and then Mrs. Kendall's. He's probably at Mrs. Kendall's in a hurry. I'll get him. And Eileen, you try the hospital just in case. Yes, ma'am. Don't let him get away. Don't worry. They won't get away. Ma'am, I'm afraid we can't wait no longer. That's right. Oh, really? Well, the pastor will be right here. You said that a half hour ago, ma'am, and we got to get back. I got my chores to do before nightfall. So is Ellie. That's right. Oh, but being married is very important, Mr. Crandall. And my husband performs the very best marriage in town. Everybody he's ever married has said so. The words is the words. Methodist, Baptist, or a holy roar. No matter who says them. That's right. We just want our license back. That's right. Uh, yes, yes, of course. Um, are you sure Mr. McAfee uh, made this out correctly? My husband always checks to be sure everything's legal. Uh, well, the ages, for instance. Now, this says you're 22, Mr. Crandall. Is that right? Sure. That's right. <laughs> Only 22. Oh, but you look like a much older man. You're mature, sturdy, solid-appearing. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, Ellie, you're 18. That's right. And a prettier 18 I've never seen. Oh, this must be... Oh, Ellie, did you... No, ma'am, not at the hospital. Try Dr. Swope's. Run. I will. Uh, no. Let's see. Oh, birthplace. Ma'am, that license is all right. We gotta go. That's right. <laughs> well, I I'm sorry. Here's your license. Oh, one last cup of tea? We're floating now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, goodbye, ma'am, and I'm sorry that we can't... so did you... Yeah, running up the walk. Well, isn't that fortunate? Here's the pastor now. Oh, did they... Oh, good afternoon. I understand you young people wish to be married. We sure do. That's right. <laughs> well, please sit down. Before I marry any couple, I always want to be sure they're fully aware of all that marriage means. Now, look here, mister. Uh, oh, well, got... I think I've covered most of what you usually say, and they do have to get back before dark. Oh? The, uh, license in order? Yes, dear, to the last comma. We checked that, too. Sure did. That's right. <laughs> Very well. Will you, uh, stand here, please? Come on, Ellie. This is it, finally. Dearly beloved... We are gathered here in the sight of God in this company. Uh, Pastor, we got chores to do. Will you please get right to the will use? <laughs> Young man, I'm not uh, sure Will, that... it's all right. They've waited so long. Oh. <clears throat> uh, Lester, wilt thou have this woman, Ellie Caroline, to be thy lawful wedded wife? Wilt thou love her, comfort her, honor and keep her, and forsaking all others, keep that only unto her, so long as ye both shall live? I sure will. Ellie Caroline, wilt thou have this man, Lester, to be thy wedded husband? Wilt thou love, honor, and obey him in sickness and in health, 
Forsaking all others so long as ye both shall live. That's right. In fact, I come a purpose. The minister of the Lord shall by his word build temples within the minds of men. My father believed that with all his heart. But he believed, too, that the minister should be concerned with the outward temple of the Lord. He loved, in each of his parishes, to see the old church improved or a new one erected in its place. The process was never without its complications. But in Fort Dodge, they were unique. It all began on a very rainy spring afternoon. And I hated to bother you, Doctor, but I did want to be sure before I said anything to Will. Well, I assure you, you could not be sure. <laughs> Where is Will, by the way? There, in his study. This is Saturday, remember? Yeah. Will's too conscientious. I used to write my sermon Sunday morning when I wrote him. Oh, Hope, I've decided... Oh, Doc Romer. Hello, Will. Doc, I'm glad you're here. As a matter of fact, so am I. We've got news for you. Yes, Will. As chairman of the church building committee, you'll be pleased to know of a decision by your pastor. Oh, I will, huh? Yes. The new church we all agreed we need will not be built two years from now or one year from now. It will be built this year. You don't say. Oh, Will. That means the parsonage will be torn down to make room for it. And a new one built, exactly. So that the parson and his family will no longer be drenched by every passing rainstorm. And uh, who's going to pay for this project that's going to develop overnight? Lydia Sandow. Lydia Mrs. Sandow. Sandow? The same. The one member of the church with more money than all the rest of the members put together. But she's chairman of the parsonage committee. Exactly. And look at the parsonage. For ten years, she's been responsible for its condition. For ten years, it has known nothing but neglect. Now she's going to make up for that neglect by underwriting the entire building project. A new church, a new parsonage, everything. He never did hear your news. No, he didn't. I wonder what he'll say when I do tell him. Parson. Good afternoon, Hannah. You will please tell your mistress her parson is calling. But I can't. You can't? She's not here. She went to collect rent from two of her farms with lawyer Ackerman. Oh, she did? Yes, sir. Hannah? Is it dry in this house? Dry, sir? Of course. And is it dry in the stables? Oh, yes, sir. Mrs. Sandow wouldn't dream of letting a horse get wet. Oh, she wouldn't. Much less Samson. He lives in a room by the stable. Samson? Oh, yes, of course. A coachman. Very faithful, Samson. He never misses Sunday evening service. I can't say as much for you, Hannah. No, sir. But I never miss Easter or Christmas. Your church does not exist only for Easter and Christmas, Hannah. No, sir. I don't know, sir. Samson might know. He drove her to Lawyer Ackerman. I'll go out. Never mind. I'd like to see those waterproof stables that your mistress insists upon. I'll ask Samson myself. Yes? Good afternoon, Samson. Well, who is... Pastor Spence. 
May I come in? In here? You come in here? Of course. Or aren't you at home to your pastor? Oh, please. Mind the door. It's low for your height. Well, Samson, this is very comfortable in here. Warm and dry and... and dry. But my place is no fit one to receive a preacher. Nonsense. A man's home is his inner spirit. All one needs in a house is a roof over his head. Yes, a roof over his head. I can't believe it. A caller. You're the first guest I've ever had in 22 years. And you came to see me in the rain. Oh, uh, Samson, I, I should tell you, oh, I didn't... Oh, please, please, Mr. Spence, sit down here in the good chair. I, I was just making tea. A caller. I still can't believe it. You, you have no friends, Samson? Mrs. Sandow, she frowns on them. They cause talk and gossip, but Mrs. Sandow's afraid of gossip. So you live here alone, never seeing anyone? Mrs. Sandow has me in for prayers after supper, and on sunny days I talk to the maids in the garden. I'm both gardener and coachman, you know. Yes, I know. Your tea, Parson. Are you very lonely here, Samson? Everyone's lonely, Pastor. From too many friends, or too few. At least I see it that way. And I'm lucky. I have my Bible. And well-worn, I see, from much reading. It's my consolation. And I guess, my life. Samson? Yes? I'm very grateful to you just now. To me? Pride and willful anger are sinful in any man. They're even worse in a minister of his word. Thank you for helping me remember that. I must go now, but thank you for your help. Ben, we were worried. Walking, Hope. Walking and communing in the rain. You saw Mrs. Sandow? No. Oh, but you seem pleased. I am. Do you realize I was approaching the chief potential donor of this congregation with anger in my heart? There is a way, my dear, but not that way. A very wise old man made me realize that. Father? Yes, son? Mrs. Sandow, she's coming up the walk. And does she look mad? Mad? You must be mistaken, son. Do run along with your mother. Yes, come, Hartford. Mad? It can't be. Oh, Sister Sandow, come in. I am in. And don't you sister me, Parson Spence. I beg your pardon? I hear you've been calling on my coachman. I have indeed. A fine and devout man. Well, I'll have none of it. Do you mean to say that I may not call on Samson? You're my pastor, and you'll call on me. My coachman belongs in the stable. Your coachman is also a member of my church. Only for the evening service. Sister Lydia, I... Tell me, don't you have Samson in for evening prayer? I do. As mistress of my house, I'm responsible for devotions of my servants. But I don't have tea with him, and neither will you. I... We are all children of God, Sister Lydia. There is no distinction in his sight. As he would do unto me, do even so unto the least of these. Don't you start quoting scripture to me. You preachers are all alike. You can find precedent in the Bible for anything, even sin. But you won't find it to have tea with my coachman ever again. Do you hear? You'll never visit Samson again. Yes, 
I hear. And I shall visit Samson's sister Lydia whenever he has need of me. Or I of him. That settles it. From now on, you're no longer my pastor. I'm going to the Baptist. <laughs> Will, Will, what happened? The new church just went out that door. Oh, no. To the Baptists. Will. Mama. Oh, Father. What now? Well, that drip pan we put for the leak over your study, it overflowed. Look, your sermon for tomorrow. Never mind, Eileen. What more, oh, Lord, what more can one day bring? One thing, Will. One very little thing. I tried to tell you before, but you wouldn't listen. What? I'm going to have another baby. We pause now for station identification. Now we return to One Foot in Heaven, starring Mr. Dana Andrews as Will Spence. Father loved revival meetings. He believed that a revival meeting helped to unify a church in time of need. And so now, when all the forces of the congregation had to be mobilized, Father began a revival in Fort Dodge. So the committee's pleased with the way the building pledges have been coming in, huh, Doc? They approved the final budget this afternoon. $60,000 and without a nickel from Lydia Sandow. <laughs> Say, have you heard the latest about Lydia? Rumor is the Baptists won't take her. <laughs> Dr. Carmichael came to talk to me. He doesn't want to accept anyone who just joins his church in anger. Besides, Sister Lydia would never stand for immersion. <laughs> What's more, she'd never live through it. <laughs> you think she'll come back to us, Will? I'm not saying a word, but that carillon for the tower and the organ, they're still not included in that revised budget, are they? No. Hey, you mean Sister Lydia... Doc, do you think for one minute we can have the finest church in Iowa and no chimes to call the worshipers to service? Or no organ to give body to our choir? Will Spence, you're the most religious man I know. But you're also a conniver if ever I saw one. For this food we're about to receive, we offer thanks. May it be blessed to our use and us to thy service. Amen. Amen. Good sermon today, Mother? Fine, Will. Baby loved it, too. He slept all through. So I noticed. I expected him to cry, as usual, during the silent prayer. This Sunday, old Mr. Nixon didn't even go to sleep once. I was watching. I wasn't. I was watching Father. Oh? What was the text, daughter? Uh, I knew, but I forgot. <laughs> For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother. Good, Hartzell. This was watching, but I was listening. 
Just go on about your meal, Hart. Well, 34 more Sundays. Till what? Till dedication of the new church. During the offertory today, I was visualizing it. We'll have the bishop, of course, for the sermon. On account of we have to. Hartzell, one of the functions of the bishop is to dedicate new churches. And Bishop Quine delivers magnificent sermons. Yes, Father. Will, I didn't want to mention it, but I've had several telephone calls. Your congregation is worrying about how the carillon and the organ will get paid for. They'll get paid for. Will, you've already ordered them. And you haven't seen Sister Sandow. There's a time for all things, my dear. And speaking of a time for all things, Mr. Spence... Yes? One thing was missing in today's service. There was no announcement that next Sunday there will be baptism of new babies. I'm afraid the minister forgot. Will, how long can a child go on being called just baby? He's three months old. William Fraser? William H. Jr. No. Will. H. Just H, standing for nothing. No, dear. Will, I want the baby baptized, and I want it done properly and at once. William Hope? No. Henry? Hobart? Harry? Hooligan? (laughs) Just H. William H. like his father. On this will, I won't give in. You won't? No. You insist on the last word. I do. All right, my dear. Next Sunday, I'll announce baptisms. At long last, baby will have a name. I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and he blessed them. At this point, your pastor always likes to depart a moment from the usual ritual. I counted an especially rare moment in the Lord's service when I'm privileged to baptize new babies in our church. And this morning, I have a particular interest. We have two children to be received today, a girl and a boy. The parents of one I recognize as our chief usher, Mr. Nagel, and his good wife. The mother of the baby boy, well, she looks familiar too. And now, uh, will the parents stand here by the font, please? A little girl first. What is the baby's name? Clarice Marie. Thank you. Clarice Marie Nagel... I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Now the boy. What is the baby's name, please? William H. I beg your pardon. (laughs) William H. Thank you. William Fraser Spence, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may return to your seats now. You too, ma'am. And may I say your son, Fraser, is a very handsome child. Yes? Yes, Doc. Well, I'm worried. There's a letter from that company you ordered the carillon from. They're ready to ship, and they want payment. They do. It's serious, Will. Between the carillon and the organ, it's over 30000 If we can't pay, it'll be a lien against the church. It can jeopardize the whole project. 
Doc, I told you at the start not to worry about the carillon or the organ. Yes, but you were depending on Lydia Sandow. I still am. She came back? She sent word three days ago that she wanted to see me. It will be settled this afternoon. Sandow says to please come right in, Parson. Thank you, Hannah. Come in. Come in, Brother Spence. Good afternoon, Sister Lydia. I trust you well. I'm a sinful old woman. That's what I am. You mean you've been neglecting your prayers? No. I went to the Baptist. <laughs> I don't see any sin in that. Brother Carmichael's flock will get to heaven just fast as we will. And he's a good preacher. Not like you. People don't join a preacher, Sister Lydia. They join a church. They take the preacher the Lord sends them and give thanks for the privilege of worship, even with the kind of preachers the Methodists have. Brother Spence, I'm very unhappy. I feel that each day I'm slipping a little farther away from God. You probably are. Have you no sympathy? Sister Lydia, is Samson still prohibited from having callers? But my coachman. And do you still prohibit him from going to morning service because you're too proud to have your servant attend church when you do? Take me back, Brother Spence. You haven't answered my question. The whole church built, and I've been no part of it. Thaddeus would never forgive me. Your husband was a sinful man, Sister Lydia. But when he took, when the pride was burned out of him, he found greater richness in the love of the Lord. In our new church, we should have a mighty carillon to peel out as his goodness rang out to rich and poor alike. Let me give it. In his name, I have more than I'll ever need. We should have a magnificent organ, lending warm beauty to worship in God's house, like a rich, deep echo of the prayers of Thaddeus Maximus Sandow. But, and, and that, too. I'll give that, too, in his name. And a rose window. Thaddeus loved a rose window. Let me give that, too, in his name. Your gift will be accepted, sister, in your husband's name on the day that you come in humility to your church, but not alone. The day you accept Samson and all men as your equal in the sight of God. Good afternoon, Sister Lydia. Well, that was a fine sermon you preached today, but where was Sister Lydia? In the rain, Doc. It's a bad drive from her place. Lydia Sandow has never come to church in the rain. Next Sunday. <laughs> Don't look so worried, Doc. She'll be there with Samson. I suppose it was the weather this Sunday... No, but... Well, Lydia may have been away. She's often out of town on business. There's still plenty of time. And she'll come, all right. You don't say that as positive as you used to, Will. She will come. She's got to come. try to get some sleep. Oh, sorry. Did my pacing wake you up? No. I haven't been asleep either. 
It's the Mrs. Sandow business, isn't it? Did you talk to Samson? Yes. Sister Lydia hasn't been anywhere for weeks. She hardly talks to any of the servants. Stays in her room for days at a time. Hope, am I wrong in this? Wrong, Will. Without Lydia Sandow's gifts, the church is in serious trouble. Or more correctly, we are. I placed those orders in my, on my own authority. But I was so sure, Hope. I was sure she'd come back. Well, she still may, Will. And as long as delivery on the Carolyn was delayed, it couldn't be here for the dedication anyway. Maybe the dedication service will be a call even Lydia's pride can't resist. You know, it, it's actually true. Without that gift from Lydia Sandow, we may be in trouble. Serious trouble. We haven't had too much trouble in our lives, Will. Problems, but not real trouble. We can stand some if we have to. But this will all work out. Now try to get some sleep, Will. Just think about the dedication service Sunday, the new church. That's what's important now. Church, wonderful? Yes, dear. And the procession. I was so proud of Father. <laughs> so was I. But he hasn't smiled at us once. And he keeps looking all over the church worried like. What's he looking for? Never mind, sis. Mama, he smiled just then. And then he looked over toward the side door. What is it? What's there? It's someone who just came in, dear. Mrs. Sandow. Yes, with Samson and Hannah, her maiden, Olga, her cook. Gosh, are they all Methodists? So if they weren't, dear, they are now. But, Mama... Shh, dear. Your father. In the lives of all of us, there are moments. Moments when we may truly say, my cup runneth over. This is surely such a moment for your pastor. We share in this hour a temple to the Lord. A fine, magnificent structure that stands as eloquent evidence of the labor and sacrifice of each and all of you in his name. Let us pray. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before us. Deliver us from coldness of heart and wanderings of mind, that with steadfast thoughts and kindled affection we may worship thee in spirit and truth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Mother, you look like you were going to cry. I'm not, sis, I'm not. It's just that right now I'm like your father. My cup runneth over. From that moment there at the dedication... I think we knew, Mother, Eileen, and I, what was inevitable. It was only a matter of time. The return of Lydia Sandow was an event that was but a late milestone on a course that for Father was already run. And then they came, the words we'd expected. Mother, we've got to move on. I talked to the bishop today. And? He wants me to take the church in Omaha. It's a challenge, Hope. The bishop says the parish there needs leadership. It needs devotion. 
He feels much good work for the Lord can be done by the right man. And you're that man. The bishop thinks so. Oh, Will, you've earned a rest. Now, Hope, You're I... tired. You've nearly worked yourself to death here. Now you have a perfect church organization, a car, a fine new church. And for once, we have a new parsonage. When a minister takes root, Hope, he's through. Why? Why can't you go on serving in one place? Why must you always find a new town, a new challenge, someplace far away? That's Methodism. Well, there's another thing, your health. Dr. Romer says... Dr. Romer doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, Hope? Oh, what can I say? You know we'll do what you feel you must. When did you tell the bishop we'd go? September. Oh, Will. Oh, how did you know? I'd already given him an answer. I know you, darling. And I can recognize that new horizon look in your eyes when it comes. Heaven help me if I couldn't. Now that we have everything beautifully settled in the new parsonage, I'll go and start to pack. One thing sure will... No church ever gave a minister a finer farewell reception. Yes, they're good friends, all of them. If we hadn't been all packed, I don't think I could have left after all. Well, why are we stopping? Take a last look, everyone, back across the river. You too, Hope, huh? unless you're afraid of what happened to Lot's wife. No, I'm not. I'll say a last goodbye to Fort Dodge, children. I don't want to go. Oh, sis, don't start crying. You wake up crazy. Eileen. Yeah, now, sis, you mustn't feel too badly. But all our friends. We'll have new ones where we're going. After all, that's part of the problem of having a preacher for a father, sis. You're not a problem. <laughs> Thank you, but I am. We may have many moves like this before you children are grown up. What Paul said is true of every preacher, Eileen. I have no continuing city. And you'll love Omaha while we're there, dear. We all will. Listen, the Caroline. Oh, Will. Your favorite hymn. That must be Doc Romer. He would think of that way to say goodbye. Thank God. Well, we're on the way. Goodbye, Fort Dodge. Omaha, here we come. Father, can I blow the horn? Yes, Eileen, you may blow it. For it is not seemly that the chariot of the Lord come unheralded to the awaiting city. Blow it, Eileen. Blow it long and hard. <laughs> Theater is a presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 